Hi, parents, guardians, and caregivers. I'd like to take a moment before the podcast to thank you for choosing me to be your child or friend's reader for the next half hour or so. You can find the list of stories in the show notes on your platform of choice and a link to our Patreon. This podcast can only happen with the generous support of our patrons. And today, I want to shout out our patron, Jesse. Thank you so much for listening. Today's news is that there will be a live broadcast of Raggedy Auntie Reads on my Instagram. Join me at 10 o'clock a.m. Eastern on Friday, May 27th for a fun new book and a recipe for my favorite summertime snack, More details will be up on Instagram very soon. Thank you so much for listening, and I am so glad that you are here. Hello, my sweet friends. It's nice to see you again. Come along and read with me. It's my favorite place to be when Raggedy Hello, my sweet friends. Welcome back to the Book Nook. I'm Raggedy Auntie. I hope that you are ready for some ridiculous poems and stories today. I just love things that are silly, don't you? I like to dance in silly ways and use silly voices. (laughs) I like to make ridiculous faces in pictures, too. This entire episode is dedicated to nonsense silliness, and everything ridiculous. Let's get started. Our first poem is one that you might remember from an earlier podcast. It's about a table and a chair and all the silliness they get into. The Table and the Chair by Edward Lear Said the table to the chair, You can hardly be aware how I suffer from the heat and from chilblains on my feet. If we took a little walk, we might have a little talk. Pray, let us take the air, said the table to the chair. Said the chair unto the table, Now you know that we are not able. How foolishly you talk when you know we cannot walk, said the table with a sigh. Oh, it can do no harm to try. I've as many legs as you. I can't we walk on two. So they both went slowly down and walked about the town with a cheerful bumpy sound as they toddled round and round and everybody cried as they hastened to their side. See, the table and the chair have come out to take the air. But in going down an alley to a castle in a valley, They completely lost their way and wandered all the day, till, to see them safely back, they paid a ducky quack and a beetle and a mouse who took them to their house. Then they whispered to each other, Oh, delightful little brother, what a lovely walk we've taken. Let us dine on beans and bacon. So the ducky and the little brownie mousie and the beetle dined and danced upon their heads, Till they toddled to their beds. You know, I hope that my table and chair aren't that silly. I need to sit in my chair and use my table to eat my breakfast.
breakfast. <laughs> you know, the man who wrote that poem, Edward Lear, was pretty famous for nonsense. That's things that just don't make any sense. And some of my favorite poems he wrote are called limericks. They're funny poems that have a very particular rhyming pattern and always sound kind of the same with their rhythm. Let's hear a few of them now and see if you can pick out those rhymes and those rhythms. Nonsense Rhymes by Edward Lear from A Book of Nonsense. There was an old man on a hill who seldom, if ever, stood still. He ran up and down in his grandmother's gown, which adorned that old man on a hill. There was an old man in a tree. He was horribly bored by a bee. When they said, does it buzz? He replied, yes, it does. It's a regular brute of a bee. There was a young lady whose chin resembled the point of a pin. She had made it sharp and purchased a harp and played several tunes with her chin. There was an old man of the coast who placidly sat on a post, but when it was cold, he relinquished his hold and called for some hot buttered toast. I love silly poems, and I love imagining things that we know may not be true, but are so wonderfully fantastical. That's called imagination, and imagination is what helps make us silly and gives us some nonsense and makes some things very ridiculous. <laughs> it also gives us a world to play in when things get a little boring or scary. Listen to this next poem about a decision that a grandfather makes with his young granddaughter to believe in made-up things. May Be So by Ruth McHenry Stewart September butterflies flew thick o'er flower bed and clover rick when little Miss Penelope, who watched them from grandfather's knee, said, Grandpa, what's a butterfly? And where do flowers go when they die? For questions hard as hard can be, I recommend Penelope. But Grandpa had a playful way of dodging things too hard to say by giving fantasies instead of serious answers. So he said, Oh, whenever a tired old flower must die, its soul mounts into a butterfly. Just now, a dozen snow wings sped from out that white petunia bed. And if you'll search, you'll find, I'm sure, a dozen shriveled cups or more. Each pansy folds her purple cloth and soars aloft in velvet moth. So, when tired sunflower doffs her cap of yellow frills to take a nap, Tis but that this surrender brings her soul's release on golden wings. But is this so? It ought to be, said little Miss Penelope, because I'm sure, dear Grandpa, you would only tell the thing that's true. Are all the butterflies that fly real angels of the flowers that die? Grandfather's eyes looked far away as if he scarce knew what to say. Hmm... Dear little Blossom, stroking now the golden hair upon her brow, I can't exactly say I, I know it. 
I only heard it from a poet. And poets' eyes see wondrous things, great mysteries of flowers and wings and marvels of the earth and sea and sky they tell us constantly. But we can never prove them right, because we lack their finer sight. And they, lest we should think them wrong, weave their strange stories into song. So beautiful, so seeming true, so confidently stated, too, that we, not knowing yes or no, can only hope they may be so. But, Grandpa, no tale should close with ifs or buts or maybe so's. So, let us play we're poets, too, and then we'll know that this is true. It does get a little bit silly. We know that butterflies aren't, used to be flowers. But goodness knows, I love that idea that flowers, when they no longer live and bloom, become butterflies. It might sound silly. It might not be all the way true. But it is a beautiful idea. Are you ready for another round of limericks? Here we go. Nonsense Rhymes by Edward Lear from A Book of Nonsense There was a young lady of Norway who casually sat in a doorway. When the door squeezed her flat, she exclaimed, What of that, this courageous young lady of Norway? There was a young lady of Butte who played on a silver gilt flute. She played several jigs to her uncle's white pigs, that amusing young lady of Butte. There was a young girl of Mallorca whose aunt was a very fast walker. She walked 70 miles and leapt 15 styles, which astonished that girl of Mallorca. You know, sometimes we can learn from silly stuff, too. I've heard people say, when pigs fly, lots of times. And I love to imagine pigs soaring over the mountains with big flappy wings. Or maybe a flying pig doesn't even have wings at all. This next story is all about what happened when a pig finally learned how to fly. When a Pig Flew by Templeton Moss When people say when pigs fly, what they really mean is never, because as we all know, pigs cannot fly. But the next time someone tells you something will only happen when pigs fly, you might want to inform them that this has already happened and tell them this story. Tracy was a pig, and like many other pigs, she had her hopes and dreams and ambitions. Her greatest dream was to fly. All her life she had watched the birds flying overhead and wondered what it must be like. She'd even tried flying herself. She climbed up onto a bale of hay and jumped. But that didn't work. She tried running and jumping into the wind. But that didn't work. 
Once she even persuaded a flock of geese to try lifting her up off the ground, that one didn't really go well for anyone involved. She was just about ready to give up, which would have made this story very short, but easy to tell. When an old sheep who knew about stuff said, If you want to fly, why not visit the spirit of the woods? Woods? What woods? Oh, you know, the thousand-acre forest of dense trees just outside the farm. Over there, see? Tracy looked, and indeed, there was an enormous forest just outside the farm. Funny how she'd never noticed it before. Anyway, she went into the forest and soon met the spirit of the woods, who was, in actual fact, a monkey. Why do you seek the spirit of the woods? Spirit, said Tracy, but you're a monkey. I'm a monkey spirit. Oh, I I see. Well, Mr. Spirit, I'm here because I want to fly. Fly, said the spirit. Well, that is a rare gift. Gift? Yes, every animal when it is born is given a few gifts. Some are given great speed or agility. Some are given keen senses. Some are given long prehensile nasal appendages, which can be used for picking up grass or sucking up water. Or anyway, no two animals get the same gifts, but I think it's pretty even. Even? Are you kidding? Birds get to fly all over the world and feel the wind in their face. All I ever do is dig in the dirt, roll around in the mud, sniff out the occasional truffle. That's not even, that's not fair. Very well, said the spirit. I can help you, but there will be a price. Every time you fly, you will lose one of your original gifts. As far as Tracy could tell, she hadn't been given any decent gifts, so she agreed. I'd suggest you wait until after dark to fly in case the humans get suspicious. <laughs> Thanking the spirit, Tracy walked home and waited impatiently for nightfall. Then she took off. It was the most wonderful experience of her life. She was soaring through the sky, doing loop-de-loops in the air, swooping down on very confused field mice. But as she flew, she felt an odd tingling sensation around her backside. When she landed, she turned around and saw that her tail, once curly as a corkscrew, was now straight. This must be what the spirit meant by losing my gifts, thought Tracy. Oh well, so my tail's not curly anymore. Ah, who cares? As long as I can fly. The next night she flew again, and this time the odd sensation was in her feet. She landed with some difficulty to find that she no longer had the little hooves, or trotters as they're sometimes called, that she was used to. Her feet were now small and and flat, sort of like paws. Again, she thought nothing of this until she found how difficult it was for her to walk on feet she wasn't used to. 
Not only that, but she couldn't dig the way she used to. This went on for several days. The next time she flew, she lost her big, flat nose and could no longer smell the way she used to, which meant no more hunting for truffles. The next time she flew after that, her soft pink skin was replaced with thick, coarse fur, which made it very uncomfortable to roll around in the mud. Poor Tracy was miserable. Sure, she could fly, but she wasn't even a pig anymore. She didn't know what she was. Neither, as it turned out, did the humans whose farm she lived on. They thought she was some kind of wild beast who had come in from the forest and they chased her away. She ran back into the woods to find the spirit and beg him to change her back. It was after dark by the time she finally found the spirit again, who was actually playing cards with another monkey. Mr. Spirit, cried Tracy. Oh, thank goodness you're here. Uh, Oh, hi, she said, noticing the other monkey. Are you a monkey spirit too? Nah, I'm a normal monkey. Never mind, said the spirit. I take it you learned your lesson. Tracy nodded, a tear in her eye and shame in her heart. Oh, don't feel so bad, said the kindly spirit. Everyone wonders what it would be like to be someone else. That's perfectly normal and nothing to be ashamed of. What's important is that you don't lose sight of what makes you special. Don't lose sight of what makes you special. Come on, don't lose sight of what makes you special. Tracy, don't lose sight of what makes you special. Do you understand? Tracy nodded again and asked the spirit, please, to make her the way she was again. Of course I will, Tracy. Fly on home one last time. When you land, you'll be your old self again. Tracy was very grateful and she took off into the sky. She soared higher than she ever had before and as she flew, she felt herself changing so that when she landed in her old farmyard again, she was just the way she always was. And she could not have been happier. Hey, I like that monkey spirit. His chant, don't lose sight of what makes you special, is something we can all remember even when we're being silly. I know that my silliness and love of games and playing and books is part of what makes me special. Here's a few more limericks. Do you think that these people have something that makes them special? Nonsense Rhymes by Edward Lear from A Book of Nonsense. There was a young lady of Turkey who wept when the weather was murky. When the day turned out fine, she ceased to repine, that capricious young lady of Turkey. There was an old man of Corfu who never knew what he should do, so he rushed up and down till the sun made him brown, that bewildered old man of Corfu. There was a young lady whose eyes were unique as to color and size. When she opened them wide, people all turned aside, and she started away in surprise. <laughs> Ha, ha, ha. 
There are so many stories, songs, and poems that are full of ridiculous, silly, and nonsensical things. Sometimes things that feel like nonsense are actually things that make our days wonderful and magical, just like the butterflies that Penelope and her grandfather saw in the flower bed. Let's hear one more story that is absolutely full of nonsense and silliness and a little bit of help. Yummy Happy Good Time Soup by Templeton Moss. There was, once upon a time and long ago, a girl called Mabel who had a mother called Mabel, but that was pretty confusing, so most people just called them Mabel and Mom, Mom being the mother Mabel and Mabel being the other Mabel. Is that clear? No? Well, too bad, because we have a story to do, so we're moving on. Now, Mabel and Mom were as happy as happiness goes, but they were poor, so ever so much very much poor that they sometimes had very little to eat. Luckily, Mom had a very special skill, making collectible figurines. She made Civil War chess sets, dolls of popular personalities of the day, and those cute big-eyed babies who make you go, aww. So it was that one day Mabel was walking through the woods to try and sell some of her mom's figurines at the market when a strange old lady jumped out at her from behind a tree and said, Howdy! She was so surprised that she dropped the box of figurines, all of which shattered into 4,066 pieces on the ground. Oh, sorry about that, said the old lady. Didn't mean to scare you. Oh, no, said Mabel. All of the collectible figurines my mom made have broken. Not all of them. This one's still intact. The old lady picked up the one unbroken figurine, looked at its big eyes, went, Aw, and said, Tell you what, just so that there's no hard feelings, I'll buy this one from you right now. That's nice of you, but it won't be enough. We won't be able to buy food with four ninety nine plus taxes. Hmm, I see what you mean. How about this? Instead of money, I'll trade you something very useful. Let me see. What have I got? Hmm. Uh, oh, I know. And from a surprisingly deep pocket in her coat, the old lady pulled out a food processor. But not just any food processor, she said. It's a magic food processor, and it makes the most delicious food in the whole wide world yummy, happy, good time soup. Yummy, happy, good time soup? That's right. Here, let me show you. Here the old lady took out a bowl from the same pocket and put it under the dispenser of the food processor and said, Yummy, happy, good time soup. Keep on cooking till you're pooped. And just like that, the little gears inside the food processor started turning and out from the dispenser poured thick, creamy soup. The best Mabel had ever tasted. It kept on pouring out soup until the old lady said, Yummy, happy, good time soup. One more bite and my tummy will droop. Now mom and I will have plenty of food forever and ever. Thank you so much. Sorry, what was your name? Oh, shucks. I'm just a crazy old witch who lives in the woods, but you can call me Mabel. (gasps) Hey, that's my name, too, and my mom's. Well, what a small world this is. You'd almost think it's some kind of fairy tale. <laughs> uh, well, so long. 
and she left just as oddly and mysteriously as she had appeared. Mom was surprised when Mabel came home so soon, but then she showed her the wonderful magical food processor the old lady had given her. She got out two bowls and said, Yummy, happy, good time soup. Keep on cooking till you're pooped. And just as before, the bowls filled with the delicious soup and would have kept going if Mabel hadn't said, Yummy, happy, good time soup. One more bite and my tummy will droop. At which point it obediently stopped producing soup. From that day on, Mabel and Mom had plenty of food and would never go hungry again. About a year went by and Mabel got to that age where young girls like to go out at night. One night, she was on a date, and Mom came home alone and felt a little hungry. Now, normally, Mabel used the magical food processor, and Mom had never tried it by herself. But she figured she'd heard it enough times to know how the rhyme went. Or so she thought. Uh, super yummy, happy, so oh, no, that's not right. It's happy, yummy, goo gooey, ooey gooey, creepy, kooky. Itsy bitsy teeny wee oh no um uh yummy happy good time soup kept on cooking keep on cooking till you're pooped oh i got it yes she sure did and the food processor began to dispense its wonderful soup and once mom's bowl was full she tried to say the rhyme to make it stop, but by now had forgotten the words again. As she tried every combination of silly words she could think of, the food processor just kept dispensing soup. It overflowed the bowl and poured onto the table. Then it went over the table and onto the floor. Soon it was pulling on the floor, and before she knew it, Mom was standing at the table, which had become an island in a lake of soup. Before too much longer, Mabel came home from her date and opened the front door of her house, at which point the soup burst through the door and into the street. It surrounded the entire house like a moat before Mabel was able to get the food processor and say, Yummy, happy, good time soup, one more bite, my tummy will droop. And just as quickly as it had begun, it stopped dispensing soup. Well, the bad news was that their house was pretty much ruined by now. The good news is that the old lady witch Mabel had put a phone number on the back of the food processor which said, questions, comments, or concerns, please call. So Mabel called the number. Crazy old witch products, Mabel speaking. Mabel? It's Mabel. Oh, hi, Mabel. How's Mabel? Mabel's fine, Mabel. Listen, about that food processor... She explained the situation and asked if there was anything Mabel the witch could do to help Mabel the girl. Oh, yes, that can happen. Not everyone can remember the words, you know. Maybe I should have printed them on the food processor instead of this hotline, huh? Oh, well, don't worry about a thing. A certified representative of crazy old witch products will be dispatched to your address at once. And then she hung up. Howdy! She said when she arrived at Mabel and Mom's house two seconds later. Let's get this fixed up, shall we? And with a wave of her magic shoe, she'd misplaced her wand, but had made her left shoe magic in case of such an emergency. The house was fixed and the soup was gone, all but three bowls anyway, so the three Mabels could have supper together. And so for no reason at all that I can think of at the moment, Mabel, Mabel, and even Mabel lived happily ever after.
I would love to taste that yummy, happy, good time soup, but I guess I need to make sure that I know the words that end it. What is it? Keep on, no, mm, maybe I'll eat till my stomach droops. Oh goodness, I sound like Mabel. Well, Mom Mabel, not not Witch Mabel or Mabel Mabel. Oh, anyway, what a fun story. Let's have one more round of limericks before we go. Nonsense Rhymes by Edward Lear from A Book of Nonsense. There was a young lady of ride whose shoestrings were seldom untied. She purchased some clogs and some small spotty dogs and frequently walked about ride. There was a young lady whose bonnet came untied when the birds set upon it, but she said, I don't care. All the birds in the air are welcome to sit on my bonnet. Thank you for joining me on this silly, ridiculous, nonsensical day. I hope that you stay happy, stay healthy, stay silly, and keep reading. Bye-bye. Happy, stay healthy, keep reading. Stay happy, stay healthy, keep reading. Until the day comes we meet again. Stay happy, stay healthy, keep reading.